Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Listen to who is got a computer again. I got to give a shout out to my guy, Chris Chandler in Indy. Thanks a million for fixing my computer and for being a great computer person and tech person. You know, I have no concept of this. I'm so glad that um, our mutual acquaintance, Suzanne, introduced me to you when I was having computer problems a couple years ago. I know we don't really have contact unless it's a tech issue, but I want to give you a shout out because you really helped me out in the clutch. So thank you. Um, I am... I have really been meditating and I'm super thankful. Sometimes you're super blessed to have a divine, um, you have a divine course correction. And so this podcast was going to go one direction and instead it's going to go a completely different one. So here's the thing. I'm, I still want to talk about a lot of the things people are not talking about. And I want to be super real and we take our masks off here and we talk real life. But I do also want to share something very important with you guys. My faith in God has been the one reason in my life that no matter what has come against me, no matter who's turned their back on me, no matter what has been said about me that was untrue, no matter what has been said about me that was true, no matter what has ever happened in my life, There have been days of my life where I was like, I don't think I want to be here. And I'm talking about this planet. (laughs) It has been a terrible place some days for me. And people are going to be like, oh my God, did she just say that? Yes, I did. You know why I said that? Because I already committed in the first two minutes of this podcast and from the first recording that this is where we do real talk. And real talk is coming and being transparent and saying, you know what? I face some crap and excuse me. And I've had hard times. I had a friend and her name is Debbie. She's one of my very closest friends. We don't talk as much as we should because they're like logistically it's, you know, um, but so guys, um, one of my very best friends, her name is Debbie. And she and I met each other right after I was going through a divorce that involved infidelity. There were such lies and deception. It was nasty. It was like a nastiest thing because I really wanted to honor God and be married to one guy and have kids with one man. And I really studied the Bible about adultery and about what it means. And I was learned, I had learned a bunch about a bunch of different theology because there's a lot of Christian doctrine that basically says like, just be more beautiful, just be kinder, just smile more. And guess what? I can't smile when I want to burn the house to the ground. That's really hard for me. I'm over here struggling. Like I'll burn this house to the ground. Like left eye from TLC. She's like, you're going to get yourself 20 pairs of shoes. You ain't going to get me no shoes. (laughs) She went bananas. She burned the house to the ground. (laughs) She put all the shoes in the bathtub caught the place on fire. Gotta love some left eye. (laughs) Um, So basically, I was going through so much and I met a lady, her name was Debbie, and she just became one of my best friends. Such a good lady, such a good friend. 
And she was not a believer. I was absolutely a believer. Obviously, anyone that's known me since I've been 19 years old knows that there is no name above the name of Jesus in my way. I look like a hot mess express. Why do I always show up like this? Like, hi, I'm so real. I just want to show up looking like a trash. <laughs> so anyway, Debbie. Debbie was super secular. One of the sweetest women I've ever met in my life. Super best friend, super great person, super great mom, super great everything. And she did everything for everyone, like in her family, in her household. She's an amazing lady. And one day her husband's like, I think I want a divorce. She moved uh, across the state to be with him when he got a new job. And she left her job that she loved and where she was getting awards for being like the top hairstylist in that area. She's uh, she's amazing. She's like this amazing, wonderful person that you can't help but love. And she's fantastic. And she one day was just like, how have you gotten through this? Like, cause I was divorced. I had two kids and I was like, girl, if it wasn't for Jesus, I would have killed myself by now. And I said that in the opener to you guys, like there were days of my life where I looked in the mirror and was like, if I didn't look like this and if I didn't have this legitimate fear of hell, I would not stay here. So it is by the grace of God that I know Jesus. It is by the grace of God at different times in my life that I have trucked on and just kept it pushed in just like Dory just keeps swimming, just keeps swimming. And I, um, I just went through so much in, in my young years. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really want to unpack that here. I don't think that this is the right um, place or time or space. But I want to tell you guys this. I am not perfect. I am divorced. I am a woman who has been cheated on. I've been lied about. I've been lied to. Some of the things that people say about me are true. Like, let's talk about those things. I'm not perfect. I have <clears throat> a family history with, um, like so many things by the grace of God. I didn't have like some weird uncle who like sexually molested me over periods of years or something like that. But I had a, there was a lot, a lot in my life and a lot that, um, but there's so much that happened, has happened, but here's the thing. I'm going to tell you guys this. Everyone has a story. What's your story? Cause everyone has one. Everyone has hurt. Everyone has pain. Everyone has experiences, but it doesn't take away the goodness and the greatness of God. I'll tell you that 100%. No. <coughs> No matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter what's been said about you, no matter what's been done to you. <laughs> I mean, I just think that when you look at life in light of that, it's easy to get wrapped up in the daily grind and the daily process and the daily responsibilities. Um, it's also easy to lose your perspective with that when life gets really hard. But what matters is that you know, and have, you know, God and have peace in your life. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is the Prince of peace. When you follow your peace, that's when you know you're making the right decision when you have peace. Oh my God. So this was not the direction that I had planned for this show to go. I was going to have a co-host 
and we were going to explore all of these different aspects of life and how people have come to these different experiences or different processes that have brought them some form of happiness. I find it super interesting that other people are able to able to create maybe an alternative experience. And I have no judgment for that, but so here's the thing. So life sometimes can be really hard. And my life has been no exception to that. So when I was a child, I was born to parents that were teenagers. So my mom was 19 and my dad was 18. My mom moved away from Indiana with my dad to Georgia. And then after I was born, my dad moved back to Indiana and my mom was stuck in Georgia. And my grandparents were there and my grandparents were like 35 years old. My grandma was a little younger than my grandpa. And I think she was like 30 or something, 30 something. And my grandpa was 35 and they had only boys and always wanted a daughter. And when I came onto the scene, they loved me so much. And I was very, very close with my grandparents and they had their own adversities. They had a lot of tension between the two of them. They argued a lot and they were not really respectful with one another. And that was a challenging relationship to have be the primary relationship that I was um, observing in childhood, but they loved me a lot. So I had a great relationship with my grandmother, independent of the relationship I had with my grandfather. I had a relationship with both of them, but it was a separate relationship. I never went anywhere with both of them. I I never did really things with both of them. I hung out with each of them separately. They were married and lived together their whole lives, but it's very sad that they never really were able to realize true love, like, because they were not, they were not friends. Like it was just sad. And I knew for sure that was not what I wanted in my life, but I loved them very much and they were good to me and they loved me a lot. So I come on the scene, I'm a little girl and, um, my mom, a couple years later gets remarried to this great guy who was a great, um, a great stepdad to me. He was an awesome guy and he was there for me and he loved me a lot and he was a good dad. And so I, um, I had a pretty good childhood. I had grandparents that lived close. I had a step grandma and grandpa who were good people and spent time with my brother and I, I wasn't as close with them obviously as my grandparents because I didn't know them my whole life. And they just kind of had this expect expectation that, Oh, it's going to be like this. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. And so I realized that at a young age, I just, I was surrounded by a lot of people who loved me. I had an aunt and an uncle that were really close and my aunt had two sons and she never had a boy or a girl. I mean, and she was so beautiful and I was really close with her too. So I had all of these 
relationships with all these people. Well, then my mom and stepdad and I, we moved to another area that was like an hour away. So I saw my grandparents less. I saw my cousins less. And then my cousin and his family moved to Minnesota. So then my cousins were gone totally. My dad's in Indiana. Um, the family had some, some challenges and I think I went and lived with my dad, like one, one little, like six week. Um, it wasn't even considered a semester. It was a six week grading period in the fourth grade. Um, and then I went right back to live with my mom because no way, Jose. Um, and then in the sixth grade, I lived with him for half of a semester. And then in eighth grade, I moved back to Indiana. My mom and stepdad actually got a divorce. My stepdad had had a cancer diagnosis and he got very, very sick. It was very challenging. And, um, then I ended up in Indiana and I had a lot of friends. I had friends from school and my friends would invite me, you know, over to their house and to stay the night. And my dad would like, um, offer the parents money. I think it was weird. Um, and so one of my friends, her name, I guess her name doesn't matter, but one of my friends, she was someone I would have considered like my best friend in the, in middle school. Her family was super nice. Her mom and dad were awesome. They were normal. They were happy. They were normal. They drank beer. They hung out. They had a pool. Her mom was cute and wore a swimsuit. It was a two-piece and they were happy. And she had a sister and a brother and I spent a lot of time with her. But every time I would go over there, my dad would like be giving them like hundreds of dollars and be like, thanks so much for keeping her. And they're like, it's no problem. Like I was friends with their daughter and they're like, this is so weird. And so when we, as we become adults, you know, she told me that her and her family felt really sorry for me for the way I was treated by my own dad, you know, to just be given money to somebody's family to take care of me so he didn't have to take care of me. That's a terrible thing when you're a kid. And so still friends with her. She's awesome. Um, see her. I mean, I talked to her. She, she actually helped me out in a clutch recently because I was nursing Slade and I took a picture after nursing him. I didn't realize that like he had pulled my shirt down and you could see my nipple. And she's like, girl, you need to get this picture down ASAP. And so of course I deleted it, but I'm like, girl, thank you so much. She's like, I got your back forever. <laughs> um, but good friends, you know, we've been friends since we were in the eighth grade when she moved to Indiana from Florida. She was just a good friend, a really, really good friend. And, um, so I had that experience. And then, um, my, my, um, dad married a lady that, um, <laughs> my dad married a lady that he had been with off and on for 11 years when I had moved there in the sixth grade, when my dad, when my stepdad was sick with cancer. I moved there in the sixth grade for like a semester. His wife 
took my coat for me that my mom had just bought me that was Adidas. This or It was actually a Tommy Hilfiger coat that I had traded with my cousin. My mom was like, you wear what you want to wear. Like, I don't care. I'm not caring about this. Well, his wife decided that that was a boy coat and I couldn't wear it. And so my first day of school, she made me wear one of her old coats. And it was embarrassing. And she was mean to me. She didn't treat me nice. She treated me badly. But it was because my dad had created this animosity. Um, And then once my dad and her split up, he, he actually left me with her for the rest of the school year. And then I went back to live with my mom. Cause I was like, somebody better get me out of here right now. This is not normal. Um, and she, then she was telling me all kinds of stuff and we actually got close. Like she was a nice lady. It was just the two of them together. Didn't bring out anything good. And they had gotten married and then they got that marriage annulled. And it was very sad cause they had been together off and on for like 10 or 11 years. And that's just, like, how are you going to annul a marriage um, on somebody that opens their house up to you and lets you live there? And I don't know. I don't get that. But to each their own. Every here, Here's the thing. And I want to say this with openness and transparency. This is my story. This is only my story. This is not the, and this is not a story that I'm telling to make anybody look bad at all. This is my story. There are parts of my story that I'm sure the people involved would change the details. Like my, um, my dad was 18 years old when I was born and he, you know, he would tell me that. And now that I am the age that he was when he was telling me, like I was 18 years old when you were born, I understand what he was saying. I, at the time thought it was an excuse and I don't agree with everything that he's done by any means, but I get it. People make mistakes. Like everybody makes mistakes. Get over yourself. Move on with your life. Like who cares? This is my story though. This is the parts of my story that are messy and dirty and sad. And they've made me who I am. So there are parts of my story that I'm not sad about. Like everything happens and you become the person that you're supposed to be. And so um, I ended up moving back with my mom. My mom and stepdad get a divorce and I am at home a lot by myself because my mama is working a couple of jobs. She's trying to support us. We're having a good time, but, but she was gone a lot and she couldn't make sure that I was going to stay out of trouble, you know, or not like end up like, I don't know. Like what happens to young girls when they're at home by themselves? Like one day I woke up for school. My mom was already gone for work and I just decided not to go to school. And she was like, oh, this is going to get out of control really fast. She couldn't miss work to make sure that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And she just, and I was resentful toward her and there was a lot going on. And so I, um, I ended up moving back with my dad. I'm in the eighth grade. Him and that lady that he gets the annulment from, they're back together. They're living together. That's where we live. And for like part of the time, and then they break up again. And then we're in another house. And then we're back at her. It was so messed up. (laughs) It was messed up. Like, who does this? Like, who does this? Why are you, why, like, why are you living with people and then splitting up with them and then moving everybody? It's, 
it's a lot. <laughs> I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I mean, come on, broski. Come on, homeboy. So, but but everyone makes mistakes. And this is not about anyone else's mistakes. This is about my life again. So my um, experience was then we moved back. We moved into this other house for like, I think like eight, eight months or something. But we, my dad had a gambling problem. And so my dad went and gambled in with these groups of people. And he used to host gambling events that, you know, like where people would come and they would gamble and there was like clubs for these people to do this. And so my dad gets this house that's right by this gambling place. It's not a casino. It's a gambling club. Like it's a gentleman's club, I guess, like a self-made gentleman's club. And so I would be at home. I he, My dad would drop me to school. He would pick me up from school. Um, he would go do his thing. If he'd bring me dinner, he'd go back over there. <laughs> and it was in such a place where you could see the building and see our house. I guess that was what made it okay. Funny story, side note. One night I got home from school. I was really tired. I laid down, took a nap. I wake up and it says it's 8.30. And I think that it's 8.30 in the morning and I slept through the night. And so I wake up, I take a shower. I get ready for school. I run over. I run for my life. I don't grab no shoes or nothing. I'm kidding. I run for my life. <laughs> I don't grab any shoes or nothing. I'm kidding. Put my shoes on. I... <laughs> And I get dressed and everything and I go over to where my dad is and I've got my book bag on my shoulders and I'm like, I got to go to school. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I fell asleep. I overslept. I didn't wake up on time, but I got to go to school right now. And he's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I've got to go to school because at 830 at night, it looks at dusk like it looks at dawn. It looks like the sun's rising when the sun's setting if you went to sleep and you think that you overslept. And so I am wigging out in front of all these people. And he's like, go home. It's 830 at night, Jennifer. And I go home. <laughs> Funny story, right? So eighth grade comes and goes. Ninth grade, right before ninth grade, he gets together with a lady that he's with now. And, um, you know, like I'm a teenager. I'm not, I'm like, I've already went through this stuff and I... I knew Diane his whole, my whole life because they were together for like 11 years. So I was not super receptive to, okay, now we've got a new person here. This is a few weeks later. Like literally they just broke up and we just went through this again. And now we've got a new person and we're going to go live with them. That's not normal. That is not normal. Don't do that to your children. Like if you have children, don't just move in with whoever, whenever, whatever. Like, please don't do that. I have lived with two men. Now, I did have a friend from high school that I dated for a little while who was going through um, a divorce and, like, was selling his house. And there were a lot of things that were happening. And we were really good friends. He's actually one of the friends that led me to Christ in the first place. And he was a very key person in my life. Um, when I was in high school, I picked him up every day and took him to and from school and stuff. Like we were good friends. I drove past our school to pick his butt up and bring him to school. Okay. Thank you. Um, and we dated each other for a little while and he's a great guy. He's a nice person and he's a good person. Um, but it just wasn't the right timing for me. And 
So he stayed at my house for a little bit, but I was like, it started turning into where we were going to like live together because my dad gets involved and he's like, you guys need to move into this other house. It's way nicer. And then you need to get a mortgage and buy it for me. And I was like, I am not sure that this is what I want. People don't do this. Like you don't move in with somebody when you meet them. Like that's not normal. Like I knew him, but we, he needed, he was like, he had been drinking a lot when he was married and he hadn't been not doing that for very long. And guess what? I did not want to go through that with my kids if that was become an issue later. So, so I was like, this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. He's a good person, but you don't move in together as soon as, as soon as you get together with someone that's not normal. Don't do that. Support yourself, support yourself. Um, Um, and hold on. So I know I kind of jumped forward to that, but that was my, my childhood when I, um, when I turned 17 years old, um, I was getting ready to graduate. I think I was actually, um, about to, maybe I had actually already turned 18 and my dad and stepmom and I, I had an argument one day and they kicked me out. And so I actually lived with my aunt and uncle when I graduated from high school. Uh, hello. What a good life. What a beautiful life. I love my life. I miss my mom. <laughs> Where was my mother? Where was my mama? Um, but I mean, because of this set of circumstances, we just couldn't all be together. It just was what it was. Um, so anyway... Oh man, I forgot I was recording. Hi everybody. So I know I was like, oh no, where's my mom? So anyhow, I, um, my aunt and uncle put their house up for sale. And so I ended up going and staying with my high school boyfriend and his family. And that's where I lived until I got my first place. So this was over about a year maybe like six. Yeah. I had to be like a year. And, um, that was a lot. And then, so what happened is my dad actually kicked me out of that place to turn it into a poker hall and then wanted me to stay in this big old house. It was like in downtown Indy. Like it's in, in a good area up by Butler. And I was scared to death. Like I didn't know anyone in that area. I worked 40 minutes away from there, 35 minutes. And none of my friends were there. I was 18 just to turn 19, I think. And so I went the next day and looked for an apartment, found an apartment and moved in. Um, and then I had, oh my God. So this is so crazy. This is a lot. <laughs> I don't do the most, but I do a lot. <laughs> um, but then I met this guy through one of my friends and he told me how I had a $15,000 a month inheritance and how he played football at IU. And I was just young. I was a young girl and I didn't know anything. And he was like, um, 
he said that he was getting audited by the IRS after I, we've been seeing each other for a couple weeks. And he, this was messed up. This is messed up. This guy um, started like, he was like, I need to borrow some money from you because my account got locked. The IRS is auditing me. I guess I didn't fill out the proper tax form. And so now they put a hold on all of my accounts and I can't get any of my money and I have to pay these bills. So he borrowed like, I don't know how much, I think it was like a thousand dollars more, $1,200 from me. And then he was trying like, oh my God, it was, it was a nightmare. I can't tell you any more about it because it's, it's too personal. Um, but it was really, really, really bad. Um, and so my dad actually figured that one out though. Cause we went over there and he's like a guy that has a bunch of money, isn't driving a crown Vic. And then he like went and ended up finding out all of this information and told me. And I was like, I went through a depression. Like I ended up moving out of my apartment, moving in with my aunt and uncle. I, I was oh my God, I just couldn't believe I went through that. Like that guy, I dated him for a couple months. Um, and he was like trying, it was so messed up. He told me that he had an injury when he was in college, um, that he could never have kids. And he was trying to get me pregnant. <laughs> and by the grace of God, that didn't happen. Cause that guy was a piece of trash. <laughs> trash factory. Then after that, I'm living with my aunt and uncle. I'm the next guy that I meet is a 28 year old real estate investor, mortgage broker who like seven months later, I find out has a whole family. His wife gave birth to a baby while we were dating. And he's trying to get me to move to Florida with him. He's trying to convince me to move to Florida. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. I go visit my mom and my grandma, my grandparents, and I had been to his like office and stuff, but he never taken me to his house and he wanted me to move to Florida with him. And my dad's like, just go, but go for the experience. Well, I go and talk to my mom and she's like, my mom's a government worker and she's worked for the government. She's a technical analyst, her husband or technical writer. I mean, her husband is a, um, her husband is a, an engineer and they're very smart people. And my mom's like, you need to do a background check. This doesn't sound right. We do a background check together. He's effing married. I have the biggest depression of my life. Like I just hit a roadblock and I had gotten saved like right after I met the one guy or maybe, maybe I can't remember. I think I had gotten saved like six months before I met him. And then that happened. There was a pro at pro football player that was going to help me open a salon. But then he was like trying to Harvey Weinstein me and get me to sleep with him. And I was like, dude, business and relationship, like business, you don't sleep with your business partner unless if it's your spouse and you have a business with your spouse, dude. And I'm not, no, like, and so then, oh my God, oh, I forgot block all this out. You know why? Because it's terrible. <laughs> um, and so then I got saved and started going to church. Maybe it was after I met that guy, but I was really struggling. 
Um, I quit my job because I was too humiliated that everyone I worked with knew what had happened with that guy. And I was like doing hair on the side. And oh my God, it was a night freaking mare. And um, I, um, it was a nightmare. 100% it was a nightmare. 